Hey everyone, and welcome to Call a Save Point, but not for me. I'm your master strategist, Declan Vervencourt. Uh, and I'm your not very good at video games host, Tully Hodgkinson. <laughs> well, come on, you're good at games. <laughs> not this one. So today, it's been a long time coming. It's our first attempt at a long play, um, Octopath Traveler. Disclaimer, neither of us finished the game. <laughs> <laughs> we spent a month trying to play this game and neither of us finished it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> Maybe it's not a good format. <laughs> I don't know. We spent the whole month. I think it's... You, at least for me, it was more so the game than it was anything. Yeah. Um, it was kind of easy to get burnt out after a bit, but... Um, we'll talk more on that in a bit. So, Octopath Traveler, uh, main premise, pretty much just a turn-based RPG where you go around and collect your uh, fellow party members from around the map um, and go through their stories. And uh, those stories were very uh, good at first, in my opinion. And then... Uh, kind of fell a bit later but um i have a quick question and uh what are your thoughts on the game <laughs> um you know declan i have to say i'm i'm pretty like profoundly disappointed with my experience with this game this mm. is like you know catherine definitely wasn't my shtick and i think i made that very clear in the episode mm -hmm. i like it was a like I don't know. This is the first game on the show that I think I actively did not enjoy playing. It was just mm -hmm. so I, at least as far as my broad thoughts go, I mean, I just feel like the game's premise of, you know, not like it it it's not one big story that all these characters are involved in. It's like eight little mini stories like related to each character. That concept mm. is such a great concept but it was executed so poorly that it it just couldn't it couldn't be bothered to keep my attention you know yeah i definitely agree with that um that was kind of a big issue for me um was how they executed it specifically um it's like they're not even connected like none of the characters give a shit yeah you know Except for the the one that's experiencing it, exactly. Like, it the game treats it as though the only person experiencing this story is the character whose story it is, right? Like, Hanit mm -hmm. is the only one experiencing Hanit's story, and it's the same for all the other characters. But the game expects you to just kind of believe that in reality, like, three other characters are following along, or you know seven characters depending on how you read it and it's like the game doesn't it doesn't do enough to establish like this is a party of people all trying to accomplish their own goals it's you know there's seven people and then there's one person mm -hmm. who is just kind of doing his own thing while the rest just disappear for however long it takes you to finish any given chapter yeah except for they also fight with you <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like all like the the tournament segment in uh Olberic's story, like that's supposed to be a one-on-one -on -one tournament, 
but you're fighting against mm-hmm. you're, you're fighting with a party of four it just it, there are so many points in this game where the concept just doesn't line up with the gameplay and it's really frustrating yeah so like with this game it, it, that combined with um how very simple the combat mechanics are made it just like very boring after a while mm-hmm. and um i wish that wasn't the case they only have one system which is the brake system which is fine but like that's it and then the rest of it's just numbers on a screen there's no like added strategy it's just make sure you do enough damage to um break their armor and then you have a free turn you know i i kind of agree i actually thought the break system was very intuitive it's funny because where like my issues with catherine was like the the gameplay and i thought the story was fine like it's kind of the opposite for me with octopath like i thought the story completely suck shit but i thought this the the gameplay was actually pretty pretty intuitive and was kind of the only thing that would keep me going at certain times Mm. um yeah i i don't know um from my uh standpoint it was just kind of like a one and done thing like oh man this is how you're gonna play the whole game and maybe it's because i spent a lot of time grinding i Mm -hmm. (laughs) wish might have a, an effect on my opinion and why I thought it was boring, but it, yeah, um, I don't know. I feel but, like the brake system kind of reminds me of uh, I can't remember what it's called in Persona Five. Um, yeah, it it reminds um, me the, of the one more. Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of that system, but like slightly watered down. Because whereas in Persona yeah. Five, it's like you can kind of keep that chain going, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Octopath kind of uses it as an excuse to slow combat down almost in a like a, yeah. a specific way, which in in certain aspects I could see why that would help, but in others, you know, it does it does kind of make the game feel a lot slower than it should. Yeah, and uh, I was I was also going to make that that connection um, with Persona to um, uh, Octopath. Um, cause yeah, it just does feel like a dumbed down version of that. Um, but like the difference being, I feel like I'm being held back <laughs> when I'm doing it in Octopath Yeah. and in Persona, I feel like my fingers are flying on the, the, the buttons, you know, like mm-hmm. going fast, feel super smart. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a fine combat system but it's like it like like it works if it's not broke don't fix it so like i get that but um i feel like they could have done more with that system in general which they also uh, i gotta give it to them they tried doing with like having them change guard stances and all of a sudden they're less weak to other things which could kind of fuck you over (laughs) if you're not running a great um team comp but yeah for sure it's it's just uh, something didn't sit with me right with that. I don't know. It's really disappointing because this game has so many, like, it, it just has so many great concepts in terms of, like, gameplay. I mean, just the, the premise of the, the story alone, like I was saying earlier, is an 
it's a fantastic idea for a story. And the this idea of using the game's job system and including the secondary jobs, like it, it completely saves the fact of like it, it switches up the combat in this game that I don't know that I've seen before. It's a it's a fantastic idea. And, you know, there's all these other systems in this game that are, like, they're used so well. But the fact that the game falls so short in so many other aspects, it almost feels like they're wasted, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, with that job system, um, I, I, I was already getting burnt out base on the base. And then I found out about, about the job system. And that pushed me forward more because it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I thought it was really cool. What I didn't understand was why they change their sprite work in battles and not the overworld, which is a little weird. Yeah, it's just you know? another piece of this game's like web of inconsistencies that like really kind of fucks it over. Like nothing feels consistent. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was like, oh man, it'll change their sprite, and then I backed out of the screen. And they were all still wearing their initial clothing. And then I was like, oh, that's weird. Maybe it's just that screen. And then I went to a battle and they swapped over and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, it's like I I pointed out to you that in in combat, if you have Hana equipped with the warrior skin, it makes her look like she's wearing a fucking North Face jacket. Mm -hmm. And then outside of combat, she's just in her regular, like her regular clothing and it's like why Mm -hmm. like i understand the need to like swap out the sprites but why not like why isn't it consistent like why do we feel the need to keep switching back and forth right like they they made the sprites because your your sprite on the overworld is the same in uh battle so like they made the sprites for everyone why did they just not yeah exactly (laughs) so weird to me oh man I will give this game one thing, or a couple things. Um, it is beautiful to look at. It really the is. The sprite work is gorgeous. Do you know what it reminds me of? What? It reminds me of those, like, that one Minecraft uh, shader pack where it's, like, the mm. super realistic lighting. That's what it reminds me yeah. of. Minecraft RTX on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it's all still pixelated, but I mean the way they uh, do the the lighting and shadows, it just like really makes everything pop behind it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the perfect visual representation of the fact that this game, you know, despite its many shortcomings, does manage to like blend modern game design with this like the retro style that it's very clearly trying to like preserve you know what i mean yeah um which is which is nice i'm really glad that they uh decided to go with a retro look but um going back to sprites in general i was kind of disappointed when i saw some of these boss sprites how they changed from the the overworld to in the fights and they'd have amazing sprite work and you'd look over and see all your tiny little companions and they're like half the size of these people and they <laughs> are way toned down i think i would have liked to have seen the characters go from the overworld to 
like having full-blown sprites like the, some of the boss characters and enemies in general. I I agree with what you're saying, but like I think it it makes sense if you think about the fact that this game is like I said trying to retain like the old school Final Fantasy um like the old school Final Fantasy feel because that's how it that's how they did it in the original games too, like from 1 to 6. Yeah, that is true. They, so like they did transfer over but yeah. the enemies also still looked like they fit, you know? That's true. Like, I get it. I get why they did it, but I do agree with you. I think it would have been cool to see more fleshed out, uh, like, PC sprites. Yeah. But, I mean, they did what they did, and it worked for them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, can't exactly fault them. Um, and I, I like the sprites either way so i think it's you know it's whatever it's what they did and uh it doesn't seem like there's going to be an octopath 2 in the near future they are making like it's not an octopath 2 but it's like it's a different system it's a different it's like the same sort of art style and like jrpg-esque uh like kind of game i forget what it's called but it's based off of like a three-prong morality system of some sort it seems like an interesting concept yeah they're they're doing the top-down um strategy yeah like uh the the battlefield mechanics Mm -hmm. from uh fire emblem and stuff yeah it could be an interesting idea but yeah um but you know uh, i'm not expecting them to do a second um octopath uh and i feel like what they're gonna do is just keep going with these uh the same kind of like art style but like changing around um like story elements and um uh gameplay mechanics till they get around to all of like the old school rpg stuff yeah i think it's a really great idea to use like the the systems that octopath created or at least you know evolved with and you know that the gorgeous art style to use it as an excuse to kind of revitalize some of the old jrpg mechanics and gameplay styles mm-hmm. who knows maybe they'll do a uh, action rpg or a platformer <laughs> maybe i don't know i don't i don't really know how it would work as an action rpg but it could be interesting i'm talking like legend of zelda like yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose that would be cool. Yeah. I feel like they would want to stick to like Squ- Squeenix properties, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Speaking of that, I did not realize this was a, uh, a Square Enix game. I thought it was an indie. You didn't game. know? No, I had no idea. Uh-huh. But it all it all made sense once I realized it was uh, a Square Enix game. Damn. Yeah. Um. S- Squeenix has been like, they have a weird track record, don't they? They really like, do. Like, they have some out-of-the-park bangers, and then they got some, like, mediocre ones. Some mad some stinkers. Ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, like... Personally, I, I'd put this in, like, the mediocre bin, but, you know... <laughs> I was gonna way. say, it's not like it's a dumpster fire, but it's just not, you know... it. It's... I feel like it's too ambitious for its own good. Like, it's... Yeah. It has so many, like out there ideas that are all really interesting but they just don't they don't follow through enough on them to really you know go anywhere interesting with them if that makes sense if there was like a square enix tier list like 
Final Fantasy six VI and seven um, would be at the top, um, and then there would be. Uh, I'm sure there's some Dragon Quest games up there too. There's some other ones, yeah. Down at F tier, there'd be like. I actually don't want to touch on this because I know there's some really hard fans. <laughs> I feel like uh, you just don't want to admit to yourself that 90% of people would put thir- Final Fantasy 13 in F tier. <laughs> Final Fantasy 13 is an S tier game. Anyway, <laughs> I put this in like a, a B tier. I put Octopath around there, like mid range. Yeah, I would say like a uh, a B to C tier. Yeah, I I wouldn't drop it. I'd say it's above average but it's nothing special mm-hmm. that that's what i'd give it but i mean it looks great the sound is amazing i love like every track in this game it's very beautiful and uh it really the battle music really like had me dancing mm-hmm. and uh so it's it's rare to do a slapper cap this early but i'm gonna i'm gonna say slapper cap I'd give it a slap. How about you? Uh, I would say it's a, a slap, but it's like a soft slap. It it feels okay. too... It kind of feels too, like, generic JRPG music. Like, it doesn't it doesn't stand out enough t- for it to really be, like, like, notable, I would say. Like, I don't see myself really remembering this soundtrack, aside from, like, maybe one or two tracks that I found to be kind of interesting. But for the mm. most part, it was just kind of, like... I mean, it's your average any day JRPG battle music, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I like that stuff. That's probably why I like it so much, is because I like I like all the old school like JRPG music and like how they're styled in. So, mm-hmm. but that's just me. It's not so much about it being like bad. It just doesn't like amongst all of the like great jrpg soundtracks like this one just it doesn't stand out enough for it to really be memorable like it's good but it's not it's not good enough to to really rave about Mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts on some of the characters did some stick out to you did some of them feel like they were cardboard boxes what do you think um you know i I kind of would bounce back and forth between the characters and it, whether or not I like them. Like, there are definitely some characters that I felt like I really enjoyed through and through. Like, I really like Hanit because I think mm. Hanit to me is kind of the perfect example of like the like the the sore thumb that sticks out kind of character because she's just so mm-hmm. she's so different from everyone else, and I really like that about her. But then there were also characters that like I kind of just didn't really want to care about like Alfin I didn't find to be particularly interesting or yeah. even like I really like Tressa as a character but she's held back like very aggressively by her story because it's just such a nothing story in the beginning and like I said yeah. we never finished the game so I don't really know how it ends but like you know it was kind of like every once in a while I would love these characters and then I would kind of be like okay I, I get it but there were there were definitely a couple that like stood out to me like I said Hanit that I particularly appreciated mm-hmm. um, I I liked um, Cyrus a lot and uh, Therian mm-hmm. uh, even though Therian is kind of just edgy for the sake of being edgy <laughs> 
But uh, that scratch is uh, an itch that I like to keep buried a lot. <laughs> I'm a big edge lord on the inside. <laughs> the thing about Therian that I did not like, I like Therian as a character. His story to me was like, it's the perfect example of everything I don't like about this game. Because mm. Therian's story is the perfect example of the game being disjointed from its story. Because it, it literally makes zero sense for any other character in this game to go along with what Therian is doing. Right. And it doesn't even make sense that he would bring them along. Like, one of the... In his first chapter, there's literally a scene where somebody... Like, two guys try to ask him to, to join them... And he refuses them because he works alone. And then all of a sudden, he's just adding seven people to his party. Like, what the fuck is that? That makes literally zero sense. Yeah, I guess the only way it would make sense is if uh, you you did him solo or him first. Exactly. Like it. It just makes <laughs> it makes no sense why he would why he would want to bring anyone along. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> um. But I didn't like Elberic, and uh, I thought Tressa was like, like adorable, like the wholesome character. Yeah. Um, and I I saw something the other day that was like, name that that weird obscure video game reference that you do to yourself that no one would ever get. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever. <laughs> I, I I thought of mine immediately, and w- whenever I like do anything that like give um something something, I'll say in my head for you like how Tressa does when she's giving an <laughs> item to someone on the battlefield. Yeah. So like I was doing I was doing laundry and I was putting the the Tide Pods into the um <laughs> the washing machine and I was like for you and I was like dude you're cringe. <laughs> that's awesome yeah i like i like i said i feel like tressa's story is like it's such a nothing narrative but tressa as a character is pretty fantastic i love she's she's hard to not love yeah but i don't know i mean hanit was cool i think she stood out um but i don't know A, a lot of the characters i'd say probably half of the the roster is kind of forgettable just mm-hmm. like even on their own stories i feel like that's kind of uh like an issue of the game's design though because eight characters to want to like keep straight and all be interesting is kind of a hard ask you know yeah i can't necessarily fault the game for that because i feel like that's that's kind of kind of a tough thing to do um, unless because neither of us finished it unless it like picks up like crazy at the end yeah and, like, right they're all they're all chilling and we just don't know yeah like i'd be kind of sad to hear that but still i don't know um this definitely feels like the kind of game that i would pick up like a couple like a like a couple months to a year from now to finally finish and who knows maybe maybe it really does end good and that's why everyone seems to enjoy it so much but i don't know mm-hmm mm-hmm even then, maybe I'll come back to it because I have this weird rotating brain that's like, hmm, I should do this. <laughs> yeah. What were if your... that happens and it really does, I'll I'll talk about it. But what... yeah, what were your thoughts on the voice acting? 
the voice acting uh, i think some of it was executed pretty well but other, some of the other bits are kind of just like um they have no no soul like a lot of the npcs yeah <laughs> i i don't really know how i feel about the voice acting because there's a like games that use voice acting in some of the times but not all the time kind of bug me like i find it really mm-hmm. annoying like obviously voice acting is expensive and not like a hundred hour game can't just you know jam it in in every single voice line but like i don't know i just especially since this game is like sprite based and you know like a 16 bit sort of art style it's hard to like really understand the voice acting like they have to really put a lot of emphasis into the lines since the characters can't be really expressive and sometimes it comes off as like really corny or you know like like you were saying like kind of dull and i don't know it's just i'm in this like weird limbo space with how i feel about the voice acting yeah um like most of the main characters have some good voice acting but like any like pretty much anyone you talk to outside of that kind of uh don't really have much of a soul exactly um theran being an, an exception i feel like uh some of his voice lines are really dumb <laughs> yeah like some of the characters just like like the writing just doesn't fit sometimes yeah like it almost feels like they're trying to shoehorn modern slang into a game that's supposed to be set in like you know medieval to renaissance times it's really weird yeah my favorite part was when ophelia walked up and said Gundam style <laughs> she she danced over her dad her yeah. dying dad <laughs> no um but i mean like for someone who's a thief um they're really loud <laughs> yeah right they're doing a lot of yelling and like what <laughs> like what the fuck that was the other thing that really bothered me about theory and story is he's supposed to be a thief and here we are running into random encounters like killing every guard we see yeah. Like, what the fuck is or up like, with that? <laughs> like, during his story, when he's trying to get intel and he runs directly into the line of sight, and then when they start talking, he, like, jumps back. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, what the hell? It just makes... Yeah. Like, some of the story beats in this game just don't make any sense. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have a hard time both liking and disliking this game. It's weird to me. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like it's a terrible game. Like like we were kind of touching on earlier, like some of the things this game do are really fucking interesting and like super innovative for like a game of this caliber. But in other times, it's just so like it's so disconnected from itself in so many different like significant ways that it's hard to like it's it's just hard to want to care. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like this game a lot, but I'm not. I'm not sure um, that where was I going with this? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna hard reset my brain. Um, okay, so I I know a lot of people like this game, um, and it's definitely justified. Like it's it's definitely like good by all means, but it's not like 
it's hard to see where some of the diehard fans are coming from mm-hmm. when they're like relentlessly protecting the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of feels like but like more, more power to him though. It feels like yeah. it's like because you. You know, like, in order to love Skyrim, you definitely have to be able to acknowledge the fact that it's a broken piece of ass. And I feel like Octopath kind of feels that same way, too. Like, people who truly love Octopath Traveler are also more than capable of acknowledging its many, many flaws. (laughs) Yeah. At least that's how I see it. I don't know. Maybe this game really is just, like, the greatest JRPG of our generation, and we just don't... (laughs) We just don't see something in it. Yeah, man. I'm just glad it wasn't like some other JRPGs Square Enix has done, where they throw a ton of fan service in from their old games. Yeah, like if it you was know, a like, if it was a Final Fantasy game, then people would have like torched the Square Enix headquarters or some shit. Yeah, like like if they were just chilling, and then the, like all of a sudden Cloud Strife showed up, and you had to fight him as like a mini boss, I would. I probably would have never touched this game if I heard that. I feel like that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> I would have, I wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> I, I, I can guarantee you, I would not have liked it either. It would have been funny if you fought Cloud Strife in this game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot to talk about with this game. We've only been recording for half an hour. I have a and few a lot, more things I kind of uh, want to touch on. All right, by all means, bring them up. I'm, I'm like ex- exhausted. Like I've, I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I. One of the other issues I have with this game is, like, it doesn't necessarily do a good job of setting you up to gain levels in a particularly quick way. Because, like, oh, yeah, the thing that I find to be really frustrating is like, you have to play as all eight characters at some point. Like every yeah. si- you have to finish every single storyline in order to actually quote beat this game, but the game doesn't necessarily give you the best avenue to keep those characters at all this like in accordance with each other. You know, like in my current playthrough right now, I have like I have a level like fifteen thief as my lowest character, and Hanit is level forty. Mm-hmm. It's like and and you and the game expects you to go into these like specifically made areas that are at a stagnant level and don't necessarily raise level with you to grind for like 50 hours just to make sure that all seven or all eight of your characters are all at the same level. It's like, what, mm-hmm. what the fuck is that? It makes like you said it, on average, it was a 90 hour game. I would not be surprised if half of it, if not more is just fucking grinding to make sure your goddamn characters are all in accordance with each other. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and if you don't spend all your time grinding, you're going to have only three team members that can actually do anything. Exactly. And it's like, so towards the end of my playing, like at that point I was already done, but my only solution was to basically run like a three-person team that I know would at least be like similar to each other in level because I would never swap them out, and then my fourth team member would just be whoever story I need to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, that's not... That's pretty much how it was with me. Yeah, like, that's not necessarily how I want to be playing. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are other games that have done that, too, you know? Like, Final Fantasy VII comes to mind where you get to a point 
where, you know, it forces you to keep certain party members in your party, but it's never the entire game. And if your entire game is based around the fact that you have to focus on every single character and there's eight of them, but it doesn't give you a good avenue to ensure that those characters can all like they can all like hang with each other and, you know, pull their own weight. It's like it's just not not a good game design. (laughs) This is not. Yeah. But um, even there are some places that you can do some easy grinding, but you have to be in the know to know where they are. Yeah, exactly. And like I was trying to tell you different spots, but um, like that's because I had previous knowledge of where some of these places were. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing is like Bewildering Dance. You can use that to get times two experience from battles, but um, it, you it's also, also have... not every time. It's like a 1 in 16 chance because you have to, like, debuff yourself 30 times from the dance first. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just doesn't meld very well. Yeah. it's it That, like, that was one of the final nails in the coffin for me was when I started to grind. Like, weirdly enough, like, there are a lot of people who hate, like, grinding in games, but I don't always necessarily hate it, right? Like... You know, I'm the kind of guy who plays Borderlands 2, like, towards the end of the game by farming bosses for certain legendaries, or, you know, I yeah. loved grinding in Final Fantasy 7, but this game just, it, having to focus on eight individual characters rather than just one single party of four, or however many num- members your party is, it's really frustrating. Yeah. It's kind of just, like, super unfortunate. (laughs) It it is. (laughs) You know? Like, I had such high hopes for this game, and it just, it couldn't, it couldn't live up to them. Maybe that was the problem, though. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe we, like, this game was just hyped up to us so much that, you know, we expected more than it could give. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... I, like, everyone I've talked to that has played this game has all put it in high praises, and so, like, I was, I was super excited to go in, um, and then it just kind of fell flat, Mm -hmm. so I feel like that might have been some factor to it, like, how much I just was, like, bored of it, but, you know, it just... It fell flat of expectations for me. Yeah. There was one other thing I did want to touch on. Okay. And I just I wanna give I wanna give some credit to this game. Because one of the things that like it actually made me excited to keep playing was the job system. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, you didn't like I didn't know um I didn't know what the job system was, and you didn't either at first. You learned about it first and then you told me. But you were like, mm-hmm. hey, so somewhere in the map is, like, especially on the mini-map, like, the there's, like, a little candelabra symbol, and you want to go to those. You want to go try to find everyone. I was like, okay, that seems mm-hmm. interesting. I thought it was just going to be some, like, stupid collectible that wasn't actually going to do me anything cool. But then I got to right. it, and I realized that it unlocks, like, a whole different, like, sub-menu where you can pick and choose, like, which like characters you want to have as a like a, a secondary job like Hanit the Huntress can equip 
the like Olberic's warrior class or like vice versa and you know there's one there's obviously there's eight different jobs for every character that system like actually genuinely blew me away i thought it was such a unique system it was super cool mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> cuz I, I didn't want to spoil it for you that's why i gave you like you're going to have to look for these on the mini map mm-hmm. and i remember you were like oh i've always had the mini map turned off <laughs> Yeah, well, I didn't. I I always forgot about it, but thankfully, thankfully, they're also pretty easy to find. But I was just like, it. It was like, I don't know. It was the first time I'd been excited about a game mechanic in a long time because it's just so, like, that part of the game is particularly well executed because it does a very good job of making sure that you always have some sort of weakness covered, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Declan was describing earlier with the break system, enemies will have different weaknesses. So like one enemy might be weakness, like or one enemy might be weak to like sword damage or ice magic and stuff like that. And with mm-hmm. this job system, it makes sure it makes sure that basically all of your bases are covered. And I think that's like in a way, it kind of makes up for the fact like just kind of the lack of ability to ensure that your characters are all kind of at the same level like in certain ways it's a hindrance especially if you're like certain characters are really low level but in other ways like Mm -hmm. it does a really good job to prop up like certain characters that you want to keep in your party but are kind of lacking you know what i mean right and yeah i thought like i said it like revitalized the game for me for a bit before i just completely stopped playing Mm -hmm. it it Um, feels like the one like the one mechanic that kind of it didn't get like ruined by the the lacklusterness of the rest of the game like that's the one thing i will probably always remember remember fondly about this game because it's such it's such a well executed idea yeah um and to think that it's like it's not necessarily hidden, but it's not handed to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like half the game. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so um, I, I like the fact that they didn't just uh, hold your hand to get there. Yeah, I think I think it's really like a really great idea, and I I kind of hope different like JRPGs can use it in the future because I think it's such a a great idea. Well, I mean, the job system's been around for a long time, like with Final Fantasy 2 and 3. Yeah, but those are Final Fantasy 2 and 3. How many people are playing those games nowadays? Right. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, don't pat on the back too hard because it's already existed. Okay. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I didn't know about that. But either yeah. way. Either way. I think Maybe it's a great system. Maybe not to that system. extent. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the fact that you have to rely on eight individual characters. I think it props up that system in a very unique way. And I think that's why I appreciated mm. it so much. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, it's you it, like the way they did it is pretty unique to the game. And I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I I do like the job system, and I hope it's implemented even more in the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll use it in the um, like the whatever new game they're working on. I wish I remembered its name. It's a really terrible title. I remember that much. But the crystal one. Yeah, 
I can't <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. It's it's like actually really shitty. The name of this the game. Kill Chaos. No, 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 not that one. Um, not that one. Okay. No, it's called uh, what's it called? Project Triangle Strategy. That's what that's oh, it's like. Oh, that one. That's its like okay. working title. Yeah, <laughs> that okay. game that title is pretty fucking shitty, <laughs> but yeah, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a terrible name. But yeah, that's maybe they'll use it in that game because it's like it's kind of similar in the at least in the art style. Yeah. Alright, but yeah, that's about those are kind of the the last things I wanted to say. I did want to try to end the note on this game like on a positive one, but I don't know. Overall, mm. it's just it just wasn't what I was really hoping it would be and it was pretty disappointing to be honest. Yeah. And uh yeah, sorry I uh, ran out of things. <laughs> really <laughs> it's okay. Quick, but I don't I mean, know. There just wasn't a ton to talk about. Uh, that that's what happens with these like mid-range games for us where we like it was good but it wasn't great. You yeah. Know? Like sometimes sometimes you just kind of run into a game where you know, it's just kind of it was a game you played, you know? There's not really a mm-hmm. whole lot you can say about it. Right. And that's that's this right yeah. now. <laughs> but don't worry, we're not ending the episode just yet. We have some other things right. we still need to touch on. So, um, I've been doing a lot of uh, gaming. <laughs> yeah, part of the other reason why we didn't finish this game is because we were both distracted with other games we wanted to play more than we <laughs> than we wanted to play Octopath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, this isn't really a, uh, excuse, but it is October and I always <laughs> get in the mood to play horror games in October. So I've been doing a bit of a marathon. Um, I've been keeping people posted on my Snapchat rather than anything else, which is weird to me, but either way, uh, <laughs> it's just what I did. <laughs> yeah. So we thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk about some of the games that you've played uh, on the show here quick. Yep. And uh, I've had the uh, absolute pleasure of coming up with the name. <laughs> this is going to be called a pumpkin patch. It's like post-game patch notes. And I really <laughs> like that I came up with that. I'm going to shove it in your face as much as possible. Sorry, listeners. He came like <laughs> bursting out of his room and he was like, bro, I just thought of the best idea for a name for the show. He was very proud exactly. of himself. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy about it. This is the first, would it be like an annual thing? Like would we only do these in October? I don't know how these will work. This is the first installment of the the first pumpkin patch. Yeah, um, I don't know if it'll be annual. Um, maybe I'll get a horror game kick midsummer. But we'll, yeah, maybe. We'll see. If it happens, it happens, and we'll just keep you posted. Mm-hmm. But so I'm not done by any means. So there will <laughs> probably be a second installment next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for right now, uh, the first half of October, I played um, The Evil Within 1 and 2, uh, and I just finished Layers of Fear today. Um, and I've also played a little bit of Dead by Daylight. Um, 
so let's start off with the first evil within the first one that actually kickstarted this i've had experience with actually all three of these titles before um but not like so much to like know everything that happens like from the from the top of my head um so the evil within one is a very good game uh albeit kind of flawed the the voice acting and the uh, character interactions were super cheesy and funny and i laughed out loud a couple times <laughs> and you know i i love games that can do that that can, that can make me laugh but they had to sacrifice some of the story for it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was kind of stupid but um the gameplay mechanics were fun um i was never like genuinely scared playing that one but it was more like a i've got literally no ammo and i've gotta like go through this um and i don't know how i'm gonna tackle it but you know uh i believe it was made by the creator of um uh, resident evil 4 oh like um like one of the main developers on that game yeah um oh bethesda produced this game i didn't even realize yeah or published yeah, bethesda wow um but yeah it was like uh it it was very reminiscent of uh Resident Evil 4 except it had good controls ah. <laughs> and Ikumi Nakamura what? worked on this game I love her Yeah nice um she's great anyway, Yeah there was just a, there was a lot of stuff going on you were saying no, I I was just I I like Ikumi Nakamura. She's great. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I'm glad that you uh, found something <laughs> to yeah. talk about during this. Well, I I was also going to say didn't, you didn't play any of these. No, I I well I have played Layers of Fear, so I can touch on that a bit. But um, mm-hmm. you you've definitely spent a lot of time hyping up. Uh, the evil within to me so I'm sure I imagine we'll play it on the show at some point but I, I am at least aware of how much you, you like that game yeah we'll we'll definitely do a full blown episode so I'm obviously not going to touch on everything but you know I mean the the general consensus it was fun the controls were tight um, and it, it had a generally, generally good story albeit hard to follow but some of the uh, voice acting kind of took away from that. Um, touching on Evil Within 2, they knocked it out of the park with storytelling. They changed everything up. The dialogue, still a tad cheesy, but not enough to take away from anything. And I think they executed it perfectly. They added new gameplay mechanics. Um especially in the stealth area, made it, making it easier to not have to waste ammo, which I liked. Um, there was a crafting system for ammo, so I never felt like I was SOL ever. Um, and there were some genuinely terrifying things that happened in this game, um, making it... I think I rated it a 10 out of 10. You might um, have. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I think I gave it a 10 out of 10. It was it was fantastic. Um, and I think I gave the first one like an 8.5, and then the DLC knocked it up. Speaking of which, the DLC to the first one, this is kind of disjointed here now. <laughs> um, the, the DLC for the first one's really fun, too, and that one focuses 
and you're not able to actually do any damage and you're s sneaking around and I like that quite a bit. Hmm. Um, moving on. Layers of Fear. And uh, you play this one. I had a very hard time. I was genuinely scared. <laughs> I don't know... I don't know why I wasn't when I played it the first time with you, because we played it at the same time, like, when it first came out. Mm -hmm. um, I was legitimately terrified, and I think I alt-tabbed at one point <laughs> when I was, like, actually scared. I was like, yep. <laughs> I feel like the thing about Layers of Fear is it kind of, it slots itself into the, like, amnesia-style horror game where you you have no agency. It's just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, you have to push forward and just kind of deal with whatever the game throws at you, and you have no way of counteracting that. I think that's probably why. That, and you were, mm -hmm. you know, alone in a dark room. That probably didn't yeah. help. It's very dark in my room. <laughs> um, yeah, so that game, you have to open doors yourself, like with your mouse or with your controller if you're playing on... Uh, console. Yeah, you have to like um, push them open. Yeah, you have to like hold on to the door and then open it yourself. And uh, there are some times when they get you with some door jump scares. And <laughs> I thought it was terrifying. Um, and I always found myself like inching closer to the door to see how far away I could be. Yeah. <laughs> <when I laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the game really messes with your head. That's like its thing. Um, things are constantly changing. Uh, things will be there that can't actually hurt you, but they'll like they'll be there, like moving, and they'll have like crying noises coming from rooms that are locked. And as soon as you pass them, the door creaks open. And you're like, shit, mm -hmm. what the fuck? Uh, and there's a lot of hidden story notes that I didn't get the first time but i got this time really adding to the story mm -hmm. um but yeah uh that one i haven't updated um on my social yet but i think i'd give it like a another 8.5 all right i respect that um and then dead by daylight it was fun to play with um some friends um, not necessarily scary, but, you know, it's kind of just like fixing generators to get out of a place while a killer comes to you, which is another player. And, oh, excuse me. And um, I really think that it's fun. It's cross-platform, which a lot of games are turning to nowadays, and I really appreciate that because I made the jump to PC and some of uh, my other... Uh, friends slash family members uh, can't necessarily do that. You you did, and uh, I did. Yes. I think that's great. Um, but it's hard to jump into games with people when they've got an Xbox and I'm rushing or I'm I'm running a PC. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm glad that they're cross platform. But yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, not a lot to talk about. It's not really story driven. It's kind of just like multiplayer. Dead by Daylight Still. is more slasher flick than it, or slasher flick than it is horror game, I would say. Yeah, yeah, really, because it, it's, it's kind of just like doing many rounds of slashers. Yeah, like that's kind of where it pulls more of its inspiration from, which mm. I can I appreciate. I think it's a really cool concept. I haven't played it personally. I I mean, I imagine I'll play with you at some point. 
Uh, but yeah, yeah. My my impressions of that game are at least good. I've heard a lot of really good things about it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's got a lot of interesting mechanics. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's all I've really played so far. Um, if anyone has any recommendations, uh, feel free to leave a listener question for that. I'll uh, keep an eye out, and I'll definitely consider playing some uh, horror games that are uh, recommended. Yeah, I that's didn't... it for uh, this pumpkin patch. I was Unless you've say... got something. Well, no, I didn't play any horror games. Unless you count Civilization VI as a horror game, uh, which would be <laughs> weird, and I think we'd have to have a talk about that. Uh, but yeah, I, I mainly, I was mainly distracted playing a lot of Civilization VI. I, I adore that game. Uh, and I started jumping back into Minecraft. So those were kind of the games that I was distracting myself with, uh, from having to play Octopath. Right. (laughs) But yeah, that's, Um, that's about all I have to say there. Civ is great. Civ. We, we recently did one. uh, run. Yeah. I don't know. Civ probably wouldn't be a great game for a full episode, but man, I love Civ. We could do um, a long play where we do a couple, like all the Civ games. I don't know about all of them, man. They're probably not easy to find. Yeah, that's true. Either way. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe that would make a good quick save is talking about like strategy games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway. So I suppose we should reveal the next game then? Yeah. Alright, so I was originally going to pick a different game, which I will save for later. Uh, Okay. But I had to change my initial idea because uh, Octopath kind of ate into our uh, horror game time as far as October is concerned. Yeah, (laughs) So this this next episode is our only opportunity to do a horror game. So I figured I've got to at least toss one in there, right? Awesome. I'm I'm actually not very uh, well versed in like your favorite horror games, or if it, even if you like enjoy them. But. I don't. I don't have many. This is kind of like when I think of horror games that I enjoy, this is kind of the one that comes to mind, and I believe you are actually kind of familiar with it. Um, okay. I shit. I don't even remember when I played this game for the first time, but. This game, like, is kind of the first game that I was genuinely afraid of, but felt compelled to push forward in. I I think it's a great mm. game. We are going to be playing Dead Space. Dead Space? Yeah. Oh my god, I've beaten the shit out of Dead Space. I love Dead Space. <laughs> Dead Space is fantastic. I was really hoping we could save it for when the remaster comes out. I'm super excited for that, but I couldn't think of any Wait, other... remaster? Yeah, there's a remaster coming out. I sent you screenshots. I didn't know that. Remember? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I don't remember this at all. I've definitely sent these Holy to you. Holy shit. Yeah, if you if Holy it looks shit. it looks fantastic too by the way. Um but yeah. Um originally I was going to pick Resident Evil 7, but I don't own a copy of that yet and cash is kind of tight. So I picked a game I knew I could right. get my hands on for pretty cheap or free. Um so yeah, we're going to be playing we're going to be playing Dead Space, probably my favorite horror game. Mhm. Yeah, okay. I'm really excited, too. Um, <laughs> I was actually out of town with my uncle um, yesterday, and um, he was talking about uh, my my horror game thing. He was like, oh, you got to play Dead Space for it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm already going to be doing it anyway. Yeah, now we can just play <laughs> yeah. it for the show. Awesome. Cool. I'm really excited. Yeah. 
but uh that that is the show so that is um, the show i suppose we should uh plug our shit huh yeah um so we've got an email make sure to send in listener questions slash uh for the duration of october any recommendations for my little marathon i've got going on um or recommendations for games in general i'd love to see them um, i'm sure tully would as well yeah that'd be really cool if we got some listener recommendations for games we could cover on the show yep um or quick save ideas too i think yeah that cool. too yeah actually anything send us anything send us a meme as long as it's uh marked with a nintendo official seal of approval um nintendo don't come after us <laughs> but our email is at call us point podcast at gmail.com i'll drop the at in the beginning <laughs> i don't know why i said that <laughs> but um so yeah again that's call us a point podcast at gmail.com um our twitter if you'd like to give us a follow there that's at call us a point that actually having the at in the front <laughs> that's probably why i messed it up <laughs> um and uh make sure to give us a uh five star or better rating on uh apple Podcasts. i don't Notice think it goes five stars the max one <laughs> um, i was gonna say i don't think it goes higher than five stars <laughs> You can let us know that you wanted to do a better rating in the comments section. <laughs> yeah, but don't forget to tell... This was our call to action last episode, but we we have to remember to tell Jeff Bezos to eat a dick. What? Yeah, remember? With the episode... Who, with, wait, hold on. Tell who to eat a dick? Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was... Um... Uh, Facebook guy. I can't no, remember his name. I said that guy can just go fuck himself, but Jeff Bezos is the okay. one we want to eat dicks. Yeah, okay, yeah. Tell Jeff Bezos to eat a dick. Um, or And or tell Mark Zuckerberg to go fuck himself. Tell Mark Zuck to not use you when he's smoking his meats. That and, would probably uh, yeah. be a good call. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's the show. Yeah, that's it, everybody. So we'll see you two weeks yeah two weeks for for our uh our next episode awesome see see y'all later love you bye everybody